You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. The first time in a while we are back together. The editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, with my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, I took a vacation. You took a vacation. And now we are full go into Kansas City Chiefs training camp and hopefully the 2020 NFL season. Yeah, hopefully is the key word here. We'll see how this goes. The Major League Baseball uh, example hasn't been very, uh, how should we say, um, hopeful. Right, right. That's the best way to put it right now. There's a ton of information coming out when it regards to the Miami Marlins and how right now by the minute as we're recording this podcast on Tuesday morning, it seems like more and more cases with that team. A complete breakout is not a good sign for the NFL. And it's because of the fact that the NFL, much like MLB, is not going to have a bubble. And I think that's the biggest thing you're seeing right now. These sports that are doing this in the bubble are seeming to have success. The MLB is now having a team that has at least, from what I can see, 14 or 15 cases, John. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So there you go. So I I just think it's worth monitoring because that's going to be the example you have to follow. As we'll talk about on this podcast, when you're at the facility, you're in good shape, but the NFL players and their families and their coaches, they're going to be interacting every day because they're going to be going home every day. So on this podcast, we'll inevitably talk about COVID-19, not what I want to be talking about, but here we are. We'll go through a rundown of Chiefs training camp. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, he left. We'll discuss that. Some Chiefs transactions of note came through on Sunday. We had some press conferences. If you want to go back and listen to the full press conferences, it's over an hour. It's on this podcast channel called From the Podium, but I'll give you my three favorite clips from the press conference. We got your NFL Top 100 update. The NFL loves lists. We love lists. We'll talk about that and see what's right and what's wrong, and then we'll give you a loose schedule for the rest of the week. But here we go. Chiefs training camp. John, you just posted an article on arrowheadpride.com on this yesterday. What do we know right now about Chiefs training camp? Well, it took them a while to get it all figured out. But once they did, we were able to finally put together a schedule, uh, gathering all of the information we could find in all the different places. Right now, they're still testing Um, The veteran players came in on Monday, got a coronavirus test. Then they have to go home and self-isolate for three days, come back again on Thursday, get tested again. And if that test is negative, along with the first one, then they are finally able to enter the facility. We went through this with the rookies last week. So this week, it's the veterans. On Friday, 
uh, we should be able to get everybody in the building, start handing out equipment and make things happen. First, the acclimation period. During that period, an hour in the weight room, an hour on 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 field conditioning. You can also have walkthroughs during this period. Uh, that lasts until August 8th. And then August 9th through 13th, what they call the gradual ramp up uh, with 90-minute practices that slowly become longer over that period. And then beginning on August 14th is a three-week period in which there can be 14 padded practices. Of course, no preseason. We're going to go straight from training camp into the season. Two important dates on that schedule, August 16th is the deadline for cutting the roster to 80. The Chiefs are presently at 86 players on their roster. But uh, as long as they have that many players, not all of them can be in the facility. There's a limit of 80 in the facility at one time. And then final cut down will be Saturday, September 5th. I think right now there is a little bit of a misconception that training camp is quote-unquote officially underway. As it turns out, players are in the building, but with this ramp-up period, true training camp practice doesn't start for more than two weeks from today. We're talking to you on July 28th. It seems as though training camp won't really begin until August 14th. I think that's the date for any media if they start to cover the team to even think about being allowed in the building. So, even though training camp has started, for our purposes, it really hasn't. I don't think you're going to start to see legitimate football type of news until a little bit closer uh, to mid-August. But the Chiefs are going full in on this. The head trainer, the vice president of sports medicine, Rick Burkholder, spoke to the media the other day, and I thought this was interesting. And this is a huge part of what is going to be keeping NFL players safe, something called uh, contact tracers. So I'm wearing this little device. I don't know whether you can see it. That's a contact tracer. So everybody who's tested and they come in the building has to wear that contact tracer. That contact tracer lets you know who you're around. And then if, like tomorrow, if we got a positive test, they would know that I spent five minutes with Ted Cruz or four minutes within six feet of Brad G. They would go back and trace that, and then we would put our protocol in place based off of the tracing. So there you go. So if one of these players or coaches gets coronavirus, they could go back to a log and see who they were interacting with. It's a little creepy, John, but it's necessary. I think in in this day and age, if you want to play football uh, this season, there is a COVID-19 list for each team. From what I've been seeing these past few days, there's been an emphasis to let you know if they're on the COVID-19 list, like Chiefs undrafted wide receiver Oliva Hifo the other day, if they're on this list, it doesn't necessarily mean they have COVID. It means they could have been in contact with COVID from a family member, but the NFL taking every precaution, both with the list and really these contact tracers. You know, you alluded before to the differences between uh, the way MLB is doing this, the way the NLB, uh, NBA is doing it in their bubble and some of these other sports, they're all different in their own ways. And what we may see as a similar setup in the NFL may not be as similar as we think because each one of these sports has taken different pieces of this and put different kinds of emphasis on it. I personally feel like this contract tracing thing um, may be um, – uh, one of those things that could be substantially different for the NFL. And I also uh, think a lot about um, 
how the NFL is handling players leaving the facility. It, it seems like there's going to be some emphasis for that, as Andy Reid explained. As far as the setup here and feeling like we're in a safe environment, I think people have gone to great ends to, to do this. We're as safe as you can be here. Like I said on this, so Adam, dedicate the dedication and, 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 and staying disciplined when you leave this facility will be important. When you're here, this is a safe environment. And so you've got to continue that once you leave here. And, and, uh, and so that, that ends up being important. And we have a plan for that, too, so that we'll talk to the players about it. You know, so I feel good about it. Myself, I feel good about it, yes. Now, this is a, a world where an NBA player left the bubble to go get chicken wings at a strip club. So I think there needs to be special eyes on these players. It is odd. It's not really exactly fair, but if you want to make your millions of dollars to play in the NFL, it might be worth not going to a bar or restaurant. I even seen from some of the national newsbreakers that there may be fines and different penalties for going to places like bars or clubs. Maybe the Lake of the Ozarks comes to mind with a few of those <laughs> pictures that emerged what earlier this month or the month before. But there you go. So Really interesting as camp begins. It's a camp unlike any other. I really felt from listening to Burkholder speak and Andy Reid speak that they really have a good plan. It's going to be whether or not I think everyone involved, and you're talking about a lot of people, 80 players for each team, a ton of coaches, and everyone has to do their part in trying their absolute best to stay safe. When you get to the facility, they'll be testing every day, it seems. This was a big emphasis by the NFL Players Association. But, John, you talked to me this morning before we got on the air. You think that this may be changed for the rest of time, for the rest of history. We're never going to see what a lot of people are describing as normal once again. Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder if uh, some things that we're seeing this season uh, will be part of the routine for the NFL going forward. You know, one of them that we've talked about frequently on this show is the NFL's mania with competitive balance. Well, some of that's gone out the window this season. Uh, you know, for example, uh, this issue about the possibility of disciplinary action for players who step outside the boundaries when they're away from the facility, the NFL hasn't mandated any punishment for that. They've left it up to the teams. So it's right. going to be up to individual teams to discipline players. Some teams may choose not to do that. Some teams may say that's none of our business. Uh, you know, as much as we'd like to control what you do when you leave the facility, it's not up to us. And other teams may have an entirely different approach. I suspect from what Reed said that the Chiefs are going to be in the latter group. They're going to say, look, right. you guys can't do this stuff. And I, I don't think we're even biased here, John. And I'm, I'm, I'm really emphasizing that because this is, of course, Arrowhead Pod. This is a Chiefs podcast. But it seems like a lot of the NFL is following along with whatever the Chiefs do right now, both from an on-the-field and off-the-field standpoint, because they've truly become this model franchise. And I think a lot of teams might look to Andy Reid and say, well, the Chiefs are not letting... If you want to be Super Bowl champions, these Chiefs, they're not letting anything go by the wayside. And so... Maybe you see some of these teams doing it. An advantage for the league, too, is the Chiefs have their stuff so much together, and they're the first training camp to go this time around. So I think a lot of people could call up Andy Reid, call up Rick Burkholder, Mitch Reynolds, and say, 
hey, you know, how are things going? What are some of these best practices? And they could share them. And maybe that carries on to the NFL. And I, I just think it, it was really lucky that A, the Chiefs have established this staff and B, that they were the first to go this time. They're the perfect guinea pig for the rest of the league, I think, when it comes to trying to figure out how to do this thing. And the Chiefs have been in a leadership position on this stuff right from the beginning. I mean, Andy Reid was uh, largely involved in these discussions about how to approach these things. Uh, Clark Hunt was involved. Brett Veach was involved. All of the Chiefs, and Rick Boat, we should mention Rick Burkholder too, he was right at the forefront of it as well. And we also learned in the last week that Andy Reid uh, – was a big part of it at the end when the league and the union were having their final negotiations. So the chiefs have been at the top of this thing right from the beginning. And you're right. They've made it clear that they see this as a battle against an external enemy. And they're going to be willing to cooperate with other teams. If they ask for guidance from the chiefs. I think it'll be amazing. And now you're thinking about 10, 15 years from now and, I mean, hopefully Corona is long gone by then and we're okay. Andy Reid, if, if he could win all these Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes, even if it's, let's just say, and be conservative here, and I'm being conservative, and say, <laughs> he, let's say him and Mahomes get three Super Bowls and he has some of the most wins and he's higher on that wins list. And you hear the other part of it where he did so much of the league. I mean, you talk about Vince Lombardi and Bill Belichick. I'm going to be maybe the first to say this, and, and maybe it's just occurring to me myself, but you might be looking at the most important figure in NFL history when it comes to league emphasis, his ability to, over 20 years, create new offenses each and every year. And then again, if he could be on the forefront of managing a season and giving people a distraction during a pandemic, this may be a marquee moment in the Hall of Fame career of Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Want to move on to Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. He is not playing this season. This news came down on, on Friday night. Thank you, Laurent, for doing that to us at 10 o'clock on a Friday. We really appreciate that as it's someone who runs, yeah. a, runs a website. No, but in, in all seriousness, this was, I think, something for Kansas City to be proud of. And we just mentioned how great Andy Reid is. His comments echoed that when we were able to speak with him on, on Saturday. I'm a huge Larry Duvernay Tardif fan, so I also was raised by a doctor, so I understand the dedication that it takes uh, to be a doctor. We're all blessed to have doctors in our lives. Uh, they're, they're givers, they're not takers, they're givers, and they're healers, so uh, they want the best for you, and so Larry has that quality, and you're seeing it to the uh, to the utmost here. I, I just think it's tremendous dedication to his profession what his future is going to be, and, uh, and mainly to the people that he gets to help. And Patrick Mahomes had similar words when it came to LDT. Yeah, I mean, I think it surprises uh, anyone, but at the same time, you respect his decision. I mean, uh, he's the guy who's been on those front lines working with the people that are suffering from uh, COVID day to day and putting in all that time and all that work. And he, he understands it. And, he, and his decision was he wanted to stay there. He wanted to keep helping in that, that capacity. And I know it was difficult for him, but you respect the decision for him to, to kind of put his his, his uh, thoughts aside and kind of do what he thought was best to, to help out his community and, uh, and the world as he sees it. 
I was fortunate enough during my time with the Kansas City Chiefs, they sent me to Montreal to do a special on Larry with his medical stuff and interviewing him and things like that. And what stuck with me is during his time at McGill University, as he was training to be a doctor and at the same time playing college football is you would have to do different things, kind of like a residency where you're basically on the job type of training and it is an insane schedule. And he would also work out with the coaching staff where he didn't need to necessarily be at every practice, but he would make as many as he could. And this was a player that was going from the hospital room back to the locker room. And instead of going home because practice was coming up so fast in the, in the mornings, he just would sleep in the locker room to maximize his sleep. And then earlier this year, he took a restructure in Kansas City. That usually means that you're going to be cut from the team. So the idea at all that this is something where he doesn't want to play football, I think can be thrown out the window. This was a decision he made. And the part of his letter to Chiefs fans that stuck with me was, if I'm going to be put at risk, it's going to be helping people. It's not going to be on the football field. So I, I, I hope that he stays safe during this process. I think the Chiefs will be fine. They have a lot of offensive linemen. We'll talk about that in a second. But wow, what a tremendous job. And I've already seen a number of people saying, well, we don't need to vote on man of the year this year. I, I'm actually interested <laughs> to seeing how this plays out because that's yeah. been a huge initiative by the NFL. But this seems pretty clear cut to me. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I kept uh, thinking about uh, Doc Graham in Field of Dreams this week. One of our commenters on Arrowhead Pride made reference to uh, to Doc Graham uh, in regard to Duvernay Tardif, and you know what he said to uh, to Kevin Costner in that movie, as played by Jason Robards. Yeah, if I'd only been able to be a doctor for five minutes, that would have been a tragedy, and that's really what yeah. we're seeing from LDT here. It's it's wonderful. So I think the next thing you look at is while our thoughts are with LDT, a lot of people are still forefront of their mind. How are the Chiefs going to defend this Super Bowl championship? And we saw very quickly, Brett Feach, this guy is like, he's like a Madden GM. He can't get enough right away. (laughs) 24 hours later, Kalechi Osemele was a member of the Chiefs. The Chiefs signed him, and this is a veteran two-time Pro Bowler. He was a member, I believe, of the 2016 All-Pro team. So this is a, a player with experience. He was available on the market. I'll, I'll just give you this note that the AP Lab talked about him on the last show. I project him to be one of the guard positions. What's interesting here, I think the biggest winner in all of this is Andrew Wiley because... Mm-hmm. yeah. Wiley's best days came as the right guard and they weren't going to move LDT. And he was in a, a really, I think, significant battle with Mike Remmers and some other guys, Martinez Rankin at left guard. With him and his best football coming at right guard, maybe now Wiley has a chance in a battle with Remmers and a good chance because this was the guy that would typically fill in for LDT. Really athletic player. I think still coming into his own. Mackley Hill winner. I think Wiley has a real chance at right guard, whereas... Assembly, I see him maybe more as a left guard. Craig Stout has a great article on Arrowhead Pride evaluating Assembly, and, and it seems like he is primed for the left guard position. So maybe you have that veteran there, and it becomes that three-way battle now for right guard. We kind of have to reverse our thinking here on this a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good analysis, Pete. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine the Chiefs want to put Assembly on the roster just so he can be in a position battle with somebody. They intend right. to start someplace. 
that's, I think, what we can take from signing a player of this caliber, albeit one who's coming off an injury, but there's every reason to think he'll be 100% healthy this season. So I see this as a guy the Chiefs intend to start. The question is where? And I think you're right that they're going to want to put him in the place where he can be the most valuable, even though it's where he has the least experience on the left side of the line at guard. And that's a great opportunity for Wiley to participate in a place where he's been pretty effective. So I think you're, you're right on the money with this thing. I forgot to pull the angel sounds, but I have an underrated storyline I just thought of. Is this the biggest come up for depth maybe in the history of the National Football League where you go from Cam Irving to the two losers of whoever the right guard battle is, whether it would be Wiley and Remmers and Rankin, and then you have a second year of Nick Allegretti. Ryan Hunter is still in the mix. You have Lucas Niang, the rookie who the Chiefs really like. First time they've really drafted an offensive lineman and invested a, you know, a day one, day two type of pick on somebody. You have some undrafted free agents in Daryl Williams, who I like, Yasir Durant, who you like. The depth goes from Cam Irving, who's out there stepping on Patrick Mahomes' bad ankle <laughs> to so many different options. And what's the most critical part of the Chiefs? Keeping Patrick Mahomes healthy. You're in a year of a pandemic, and you probably have a good nine offensive linemen who you'd feel comfortable with really underrated part of the Chiefs right now and a really bang up job, I think, by Brett Feach. And speaking of Brett Feach, John, you've sort of become our unofficial cap expert. What do you make of the LDT cap stuff right now? I know it's a little bit unclear. Yeah, it's really unclear. Uh, but the best we can make of it is that the $150,000 he'll make as a, um, as a voluntary opt-out in 2020 comes out of a fund that the league has established. doesn't come out against the salary cap. He doesn't get his salary for 2020. They say the contract tolls for a year. Now, the typical legal definition of that term means that it pauses for a year, which means that whatever money that isn't on the cap for LDT this year will move to next year. So, And then we've signed another player who will get an NFL minimum salary of $1 million. We're told that the contract could be as much as $2 million, which I presume to mean that he's getting an NFL salary of uh, a minimum level and then has incentives that could get him to $2 million. We figure that the cap impact of this trade, this swap, if you want to call it, of LDT for Osemele gives the team about $2.5 million more cap space than they have. They should be right about... Four million now. Yeah, and we'll talk about it a little bit too, but they signed all their draft picks now. So I think that actually ends up being a little bit of a benefit because now at least you have a little bit of wiggle room like yeah. we saw at the end of last year where if you want to sign a couple guys during the year, I think it's an easy way to figure that out. Uh, so uh, again, good on the Chiefs. They're, they're in great shape. LDT was the first NFL player to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. As we speak right now, there are more and more. Another notable item, John, you brought this up. Five of them were New England Patriots. One of them was now Baltimore Raven and former Chief DeAnthony Thomas, who's choosing not to play in the NFL this season. I think this number is going to go up and up. We 
and I don't, and I'm not killing LDT here. I don't think at all, but we haven't really seen a significant player opt out yet. I think it'll be really interesting as we monitor this thing. Like what if Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers decides, you know what? I'm not risking my health here. So I think it's worth monitoring because we, we have to really see if one of these superstars decides, okay, I'm not going to do it. And then you're going to really see an impact uh, on the league. Mentioned the six draft picks signed. If you go and look at the picture that we have, that's chief tweeted out on arrowheadpride.com. My personal favorite is Bo Pete Keys. He has his hands up in the air. He has his sunglasses on and his mask on. It's all camouflage. He's saying, well, uh, I'm here. The Chiefs waved defensive back Javaris Davis and wide receiver Cody White. From what I saw, it looked like Davis landed with the Miami Dolphins. I mentioned Oliva Hefo has been placed on the COVID uh, list. Keys has been added to the non-football injury list. I don't think we're, we're sure of what's going on with that, but maybe we'll get some more clarity as the Chiefs are scheduled to speak to the media on Thursday. Oh, Richard. <clears throat> <laughs> that phantom Tyler Bray ankle injury. <laughs> May, right? That, that's yeah. got to be what it is. All right. That's it for our first segment. When we come back, I want to play for you my three favorite clips from the Saturday media availability. We'll talk about those next on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Tuesday, July 28th. Almost getting into what will be the thick of training camp and then the regular season. Hopefully, hopefully we don't see this thing delayed. I am going to be paying attention to Ian Rapport and Adam Schefter and all the newsbreakers to see what comes of this thing. But we were able to speak to your Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. And some good insight there from almost all the players. And, and one of them was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And one thing I asked him about was being back in football and then about Andy Reid's playbook. This is something that it seems like new players always find to be a daunting task. So I thought it was interesting. And what turned out to be the case was that Clyde's answer was even more interesting than that. Ultimately, I was, I'm just... I'm really happy, happy to be here. This is my this is my happy place. I've been doing this. I've only been on the earth for 21 years. I've been playing football since I was five. So this is what I do, and this is this is I'm, I'm I can't wait. Everything, the, the setup, everything about everything here is just perfect for me, uh, and I can't wait. Uh, playbook. It was you know as far as not having to to do school and everything. It was the playbook. I, I feel like it's it's easy. 
Uh, I, I've had, you know, offensive coordinators, multiple offenses I had to learn year in, year out. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is nothing new. Just learning a new offense and then adjusting to the players around me. So you hear from Clyde Edwards Alaire. I noted this on Twitter and I'll say it on this podcast. I understand he was talking about the difference between LSU and the Chiefs, but this is the first player since 2014, since I've been covering the team, where in any capacity, someone regards Andy Reid's playbook as easy. I understand there's no classes. (laughs) Someone noted on Twitter, yeah, but he was saying compared to LSU. I don't care. No one has ever said and picked up Andy Reid's playbook, no matter what college they've come from, and said, this thing's coming to me easy. That is a good sign for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's a great sign for the Chiefs. You know, it's a bad sign for Damian Williams. Granted, they need to get on the field. He needs those reps in the field. But, John, I mean, I'd imagine this is as good as news you could possibly get if you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. You know, I remember when, uh, when Rich Gannon became my favorite player at the Chiefs uh, when he was a backup quarter and I inter- quarterback and I interviewed him and I asked the standard question, well, how is it adjusting to the offensive scheme of the Chiefs? And he said, ah, they're all the same. <laughs> you know, it's after you've done this for a while, they all yeah. look pretty much the same. And that's what I heard uh, with Edward Zellaire's comment there. It's like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this since I'm five. It's no big deal. <laughs> and they, and now, granted, I've never had Andy Reid's playbook in my hands. I, I right, assume right. that it would be like a maze to me. I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll yeah. be the first to admit that. But the thing that all these guys say when you're a skill position player is you have to learn every position on the field. So it isn't necessarily right. easy for Clyde Edwards. It shouldn't be easy. He shouldn't have to say that at all. So incredible to hear. I, I thought it was so interesting. And now, I mean, I'm eager to see him on week one. I've said it before on this podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing Clyde Edwards Alaire the most. To me, with Andy Reid's mind, thinking Ron Rivera type of deal. I... Again, I always get super excited about the Chiefs and I feel like, am I being a homer? But like, I think this could be baby CMC. I really think it's that type of player. So we'll see um, what comes uh, of Clyde in in this offense. Well, you know, it's kind of like there's people who are capable of learning languages really fast. Everybody knows how to play football by the time they get to the NFL level. It's just a question of, translating one language to another when you get to a new playbook. And there are some people who can pick up a language so quickly, they just have brains organized in such a way that they can do it. Maybe that's what we're looking at here. Maybe that's what Rich Gannon had going for him. Maybe that's what Clyde Edwards-Alaire has going for him. I got to just say, we, that's a bueno point. And I think Patrick Mahomes has a little bit of that too, at, at yeah. least nowadays, where he just picks things up quickly. I mean, I, and I know that he had that whole thing where he said he didn't know how to read defenses his first year, but I think that's long gone now. And I think he really enjoys that with Andy Reid. I mean, I, I can only imagine some of these conversations, and I'm not talking about what you hear on NFL films or, or with the media. I mean, when they're late, in the office on a Friday night, getting ready for the game plan. It's got to be some of the nerdiest conversations. And you know that these two guys <laughs> like really relish that. And, and that's what makes them so successful here. Switch to the defensive side of the football. Want to play for you the Willie Gay Jr. clip that made our own Craig Stout's heart burst. I feel like I can bless you meeting on the field. You know, uh, 
you know, and I would love to be a part of a blitz package, you know, because he used me as much as he wants, you know, to help me on help the team out third down if, if you know, if, if that's what he wants, you know, and I'll definitely show that I can blitz. So. I'm fortunate enough to be the member of Arrowhead Pride on these calls. I'll pull the curtain back. Craig wanted me to ask about blitzing and what an answer. I mean, not only is Willie Gay ready to blitz, he is ready to have his own package in Steve Spagnolo's system. I personally can't wait to get Spags back on the line to see what he believes about that because Spags is also a great quote, but this is going to be a weapon for the Chiefs. I mean, we compared him to Derek Johnson. I mean, you remember when Derek Johnson would get his hands on a quarterback. If, if it's half of that, the Chiefs are in for finally an athletic linebacker in, the, in, their, in their lineup. Yeah, I think people have plenty of reason to be excited about this, uh, this guy, and it's too bad that we don't have LDT nearby to give... Uh, artificial resuscitation to Craig at moments like this, but <laughs> but you know you give what you you give what you get, you get what you give. So yeah, and Willie Gay also noted that he feels comfortable in the Sam or the Will, and like journalism nowadays, the more you could do because if you can do multiple things, especially with both Andy Reid and C. Spagnolo, you're in good shape to have some role on the team. I think that's why we saw Kendall Fuller and Rashad Fenton matter so much to this team down the stretch last year when Juan Thornhill was no longer available. Want to get to Patrick Mahomes. And this was something I saw last week with Chris Jones and Tyree Kill claiming that the Chiefs were going to win, let's just say five to seven championships in the next seven years. Uh, absurd things to say, but they were kind of served up. So let's keep that in mind. But want to know what Patrick Mahomes thought about that. You love the guys have the goals and they want to be in Kansas City for a long time and that they want to they want to win championships and they don't want to be average. They want to be great every single year. But I think uh, other than that, I mean, you know these guys and how they're talking other than just the quotes that they're talking about the day-to-day process. They're talking about how hard it is uh, to be on the top, to get, to get to the Super Bowl. If you look at our, our season, uh, this last season, we had a lot of adversity, a lot of ups and downs throughout the season and in the playoffs. And so I think, uh, I think the guys have that mindset that they have those long-term go- goals. They know that they're not going to go out there every single day and prove that. They're going to go out there with the mindset to be, to be great every single day. And if they go through that process every single day, they'll never have any regrets at the end of their career. Patrick Mahomes just outsmarting me as a journalist saying that he likes that they want to be here in the long term. That's the perfect answer to that question. And another one. Mahomes 7,000, reporter zero on, on, on the <laughs> attempt to get some kind of saucy quote. Yeah, you, you can't win that game, Pete. You just better not even try anymore. It's good, though, and, and it is, it is a, an interesting point. With Tyree Kill and Chris Jones, I mean, they're both on their contract now. They, they're recent signees, of course, of, of new deals. But those deals will run out if you're going to win five or seven. And so their desire to remain in Kansas city, I think you're starting to see, and it's been a little bit more gradual than we thought it might be, but you're, you're starting to see the desire and Kansas city as a destination. And I think that's going to be more and more the case as long as you're able to have success. Let's play devil's advocate and say the Chiefs simply make the playoffs. I think that's the floor this year. And, and maybe they're just only able to get to the AFC title game. This is still going to be a place that you want to play because of all the weapons and the ability to maybe say, I think this team can get to the final four every year. And if you're in the final four every year, as we saw with New England, you got a pretty good chance to win a chunk of championship rings. and. Again, uh, I'll say it again. Perfect, perfect answer by Patrick Mahomes. Well, you want your players to have confidence that they can succeed. 
I mean, that's a given. We all understand that. You you don't want an NFL player who's like, oh, I don't know if we can do this or not. You know, uh, it doesn't right. really matter to me if we make the playoffs or not. Yeah, you, know, you don't want that on your team. Come on, be reasonable. But at the same time, overconfidence can be a bad thing. And let's be reasonable about this. The Patriots won six championships, and they did it over 20 years. Right. It's probably unreasonable to think that the Chiefs are going to win even five Super Bowls over the next seven seasons. <laughs> but I love that the players see it as possible because that's what you want your players to do. I'll be honest. It made me a little bit nervous last year when Frank Clark was chirping a bit, but then they just followed it up. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. it really feels like one of those Jordan-esque things, at least in that first championship year, of not only them talking, but them simply being able to to back it up. And that's yeah. the worst for other teams when right. they're chirping and you think it's going to come back to bite them and it just never does. Yeah. And so we'll see how the Chiefs handle it in year two of this thing as they try to build what is this obvious dynasty. When we come back, we will review the first two Chiefs on the NFL Top 100. We'll provide a schedule for the rest of the week. Stay with us on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. It is NFL Top 100 season. So how about that? It's our favorite time of the year, right, John? Oh, yeah. This is it. The first chief (laughs) named to the list was defensive end Frank Clark. After a bitter end to 2018, Andy Reid knew that to win a Super Bowl, he'd have to upgrade the defense. In free agency, the Chiefs reeled in Frank the Shark Clark. Frank Clark in Kansas City, um, he had two years, you know, two, three years in Seattle with basically 10-plus sack years. Doing a great job in Kansas City also. From week one, their new big fish showed an uncanny ability to be at the right place at the right time. Frank Clark's got it! Frank Clark, number 95 on the list. He was 85 last year, and I think he was impacted by the fact that he wasn't able to get on the field a little bit toward the beginning of the season. He didn't have the same type of numbers that he did in Seattle, but eight sacks, five in the playoffs. This is voted on throughout the year, so maybe that's why you saw a little bit dip there. I actually think he'll be higher next year than 85, as long as he's able to stay healthy. So uh, that's where I stand on, on Frank Clark's rank. How do you feel about this, John? Yeah, while I was listening to that clip, I was thinking, is this the same season that I watched? I, it, <laughs> I, I don't remember Frank Clark being a big force at the beginning of the season. And of course, as the season went on, we learned he was not up to his normal physical standards. He was in pain. He was dealing with an injury that uh, nobody really understood, and he got ill later in the year. But there's no question that at the end of the season, the man stood up and played extremely well for the Chiefs. And there's also no question that he was a team leader right from the beginning of his time in Kansas City, which may have been 
his most valuable contribution to the team last year. You know, that kind of blanked from my mind. I forgot he got sick later and lost all that weight in the yeah. year. To yeah. be injured and have that odd injury at the beginning where there was some nerve ending talks, some neck mm. talk, to be sick and lose all that weight, yet to still have eight sacks in the NFL regular season and then another five in the playoffs. Yeah. If he's healthy, what is he going to have? 15 next year? Yeah. One thing That's I like about thing. Clark... One thing I've said before and I like about Clark and Matthew is that even though they've signed these massive contracts, there's still that intrinsic desire to win. I think Clark has that. He just really wants to be one of these great players. There's a couple Chiefs now that you could clearly see want the gold jacket and have mentioned it. And Matthew, Chris Jones just recently mentioned it. I know Frank Clark has big dreams and big desires to not only get the gold jacket, but really just beat the other man. I think back to his comments about Derrick Henry that we sort of alluded to uh, last segment. The other chief that's been mentioned on the NFL Top 100 so far, uh, defensive tackle Chris Jones. He's a bully. Tannehill in trouble. Sack. And now the ball is out. Chris Jones gets the sack. His fourth of the season. And, and he's, not, he's not like a mean bully. He's like a, hey, can I have your lunch money, please? Thanks. It, it, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. Okay, cool, man. Just bring some extra change so you can eat too, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take yours. Yeah, that's Chris Jones. That's Mike Daniels of the Tennessee Titans talking there. Jones came in at number 52. I believe he was 36th last year. So a little bit of a dip for Jones. Jones was injured at the beginning of the season two for a handful of weeks. He was still able to lead the Chiefs in sacks with nine. And then I think his main part and main contribution of the season was the three batted down passes in the Super Bowl that helped lead the Chiefs to their championship victory. Uh, may I have your lunch money, please? I don't think I've ever <laughs> met a bully like this. That was I really yeah. that was a really good quote by Daniels. Yeah. And it's <laughs> perfect too, because Jones yeah. is happy go lucky yeah. and he is really a nice guy off the field, but when he gets on the field, he's a fierce player. I always think back to that game, and I, I'm not remembering the team, but he later as the play went on and after the whistleblower was just pounding on, was it the Titans? He was just pounding on someone's leg. And I'm like, this guy's got a little bit of a mean streak to him that we just never see in the locker room. Well, and he and Philip Rivers used to chip on each other all the time. That's one thing I want to miss about Philip Rivers is uh, his ability to uh, trash talk with players on the other team. And Chris Jones was often one of his foils. So that'll be something that we'll miss uh, with him out of the division now. 52 it might not be a popular opinion. It feels right, I think, for last year, but I expect him to be higher next year, just like I feel about Frank Clark. I, I think a full, healthy season, some of that security now, I think will make him a better football player. I've talked about that on previous podcasts. So uh, number 52, Chris Jones. We have the remaining schedule for the NFL Top 100. Tonight, Tuesday, July 28th, 7 p.m., you'll get 30 to 21. 8 p.m., you'll get 20 to 11. And then Wednesday, 10 to 6 at 7 p.m. And then 5 to 1, that's Patrick Mahomes territory, 8 p.m. on Wednesday. There are four more Chiefs. We found out from Therese Paler. There'll be four more Chiefs named to the list. That will probably be, we think, Tyron Matthew, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. 
fully expecting Travis Kelsey to be ranked below George Kittle. It seems like that's the new popular thing for people Mm -hmm. to do here, even amongst players. I fully expect Patrick Mahomes to be one. I'm eager to see how high Tyreek Hill is because this is voted upon by players. So maybe these defensive backs will rally behind Hill so we can maybe get ahead of Julio Jones and Michael Thomas remains to be seen on, on how this goes. One thing that we did note with that expectation is that Mitch Schwartz was snubbed from this list. He was on the list last year and he won't be on the list this year. And a number of people and Chiefs fans, I think, were rightfully disappointed with that fact this week. Well, everybody in the league should be disappointed by that. Arguably one of the best tackles in the league, not just one of the best right tackles in the league. It's frankly criminal. I'm just going to say that right now. Wow. You want an arrest. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Someone (laughs) needs to go to the pokey for this deal because. Mitch Schwartz definitely needs to be among the top NFL films. I don't know who, who runs NFL films anymore, but get ready to get your subpoena because John's (laughs) coming after your ass. (laughs) I like the NFL top 100. I don't think they, they do a good job with the voting process. There's gotta be a better way where you could send the players a secret link after the year. And it seems like they only are able to get some guys that are not necessarily World beaters, no offense. Taco Charlton, I saw, was on one of these videos. Khalil McKenzie, who uh, was a member of the XFL last year, is is a is a frequent subject for some of these. So, again, uh, I it's it's a fun thing to watch. It's a fun list. I just wonder if there could be a better process to do it. Of course, I'm just sitting here complaining. So. Well, as, that's as, why people love these things is so they can complain about it. <laughs> I mean, then let's be honest about this. The reason right. people love to read these lists is that they're always wrong on some level. And, and it's always subjective anyway. So people love to argue about it and say, oh, no, that guy, he doesn't belong on there. Like, you know, and call for arrests like I just did. So. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, that wraps up our show. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Want to explain what's happening this week. Normally, we'd be back Tuesday and Thursday. The Chiefs, they don't like to follow the Arrowhead Pride Editor schedule. So it's a, it's a conspiracy. That's right. The Chiefs will be having a media opportunity on Thursday, right when we would usually record it. So instead of another editor show on Thursday, we'll get the best of the AP laboratory from the Super Bowl. We'll put that on the channel on Thursday. And then with all the media availability, you can listen up for a from the podium that'll be coming at you on Friday at some point. And then we'll be back with you, hopefully for two times next week on Tuesday first of two shows we'll see we're in training camp now we don't really know the schedule the schedule is more loose uh, now than ever before so we'll be doing what we can we'll try to keep content consistent here on the arrowhead pride podcast channel for john dixon i'm the editor-in-chief of arrowheadpride.com pete sweeney thank you for joining us on the arrowhead pride editor show to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 